0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I am your host, Ali Melnicki. I am currently the marketing manager over at Zen Sports, um, and uh, let me start out by saying a little bit about myself. Uh, I am a diehard New York Giants fan. Unfortunately, I am a diehard Red Sox fan. I'm a UNC Tar Heels fan and a New Jersey Devils fan. To start with my allegiances, Um, I'm also a diehard college basketball fan. March Madness is literally my church. I go to Vegas just about every year, and it is just weeks of heaven for me. Um, I love college football as well, but I'm more into the betting of it than having a a particular team or whatever. Um, So basically, I love all sports. (laughs) So uh, the fact that I can bet on them and hopefully win them is also a plus for me. Uh, I always joke that I grew up learning how to read because my dad always took me to the racetrack and uh, he taught me how to handicap before I ever went to school. So uh, betting became um, just a love of mine since I was a kid and it just has stuck with me throughout my entire life. I was fortunate before Zen Sports to work for Fox Sports for about a little over six years. Um, And I just had an awesome time there. I worked in the highlights department, so it was just sports 24 seven. And I couldn't have been happier there. But then about a year ago, the opportunity came around to join Zen. And you know, I always wanted to mix my two loves of betting and sports together. And I got to work for a company that did that. So um, I'm very excited to start this podcast. Uh, We're gonna try to do it on a weekly basis. And uh, yeah, without further ado, I want to introduce our very first guest, Robert Kowalski, who works with me at Zen Sports. Hi, Robert. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Ali. Thanks so much for having me on today.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure. Um, so you heard a little bit about me. Uh, why don't you tell the audience about yourself, your background with sports betting, um, you know, how you got into the industry. And yeah, just go from there.
1: You know, I, I'm beginning to wonder, Ali, if uh, you and I were on, uh, on parallel rails uh, I too, uh, born and raised in, uh, in Brooklyn and then in Queens, went yeah. to St. John's university, graduated there, uh, a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I ended up having a wonderful 10 year career at the New York Mets. And so, uh, you know, what I'm looking at is, uh, so if you're a Giants fan, much like I am going back, uh, uh a little bit far, uh, let, let's just say, uh, I remember Phil Sims as my first quarterback. So you want to go ahead and date it, go ahead. Uh, but uh, uh, for me, it was uh, you know, pretty much New York, New York, New York, you know, whatever my dad turned on. If it was WWOR, well, it's, it's the Mets and the Giants and the Islanders. Uh, I ended up, uh, like I said, I went to St. John's University. So I, I graduated with a degree in sports management. Uh, that led to uh, this great career at the New York Mets where I was selling tickets to the worst team money can buy. Uh, and, and that sure was fun to do with all the great, you know, different choices that you could have uh, wherever it may be in New York to uh, spend your hard-earned dollar. Uh, but I take all that and uh, found that, hey, there's more to sports than uh, observing it as a fan. You could bet on it too. And uh, so this is something I discovered uh, just, you know, with, My colleagues, you know, finding a way to uh, uh, a little bit further down South Alley to uh, Atlantic City, eventually to Vegas. And then in 1999, I saw the the wonders of the sports books that were out here in Nevada. Uh, And that changed everything for me. Uh, I ended up moving out to Vegas in 2004, Uh, got a job as a ticket writer at the Barbary Coast. And uh, the rest is history. Uh, Ended up working downtown for a bit. I opened Win Las Vegas sports book, uh, had some time, uh, at the Venetian Worked with station, uh, and, uh, pretty much every place that was offering something new and exciting as our industry uh, developed from, uh, well, you know, it's a paper ticket experience to, you know, where we are today, uh, at Zen sports. Uh, and, and that's what's the most exciting thing is that the industry, uh, uh, in and of itself, is the same. We're, we're betting on a result. Uh, and uh, whether it be uh, sports or horse racing, uh, you know, I, I, me like, like you, Ali, uh, plenty of time at, at Belmont, at Aqueduct, uh, up at Saratoga, and all the beautiful tracks out here on the West Coast in California. Love, love, love the racetrack. And so it's, it's now, you know, turned from, you know, coming and betting with a, uh, a sports book ticket writer to, you know, everything that you can do right on your mobile phone or mobile device. So, you know, here we are today, uh, taking a look at all the great things that we could do uh, and boy, oh boy, uh, have we advanced. Um, I'm sure everyone's gonna be able to say, uh, it, it sure is better today because of all of the great choices and information that we have out there. Uh, and it makes for a, a far better experience in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm like you, I'm originally from New Jersey. So my racetrack was Monmouth Park growing up. But uh, we took plenty of trips up to New York. And then now out here living in Los Angeles, I frequent Santa Anita and Santa Anita has to be one of the most beautiful racetracks I've ever seen. Um, Del Mar as well. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous. And there's nothing like the smell of the racetrack. Uh, And there's nothing like also with like you mentioned with sports betting, just having it at your fingertips now with all the online apps we could do, including um, our very own Zen sports. So it's it's great. It's it's something that I think I feel that a lot of just casual sports fans have become better sports fans because of sports betting. Um, And a lot of people are really just I've seen, especially with my friends, just taking the next step from being your casual better to actually spending time and doing the research you know you, you you know better than anyone working in Vegas and whatnot how many public bettors there are that you know they'll take the favorites they'll lay the points um without doing any work and you know I always say that's the wrong if you're just betting for that and you don't care about throwing away 50 dollars or so that's fine but sports betting there's a real interesting science behind it and you know the first thing i do every monday is as soon as the lines come out at least for nfl cuz that's the biggest thing i bet is i study them i look at the trends i look at the movement and i think that's very prevalent in today that more people are are realizing yeah i can't just like wing it and bet like you need to really take the time to do the analysis do the research and not just rely on, I'm going to take the favorite to win. I'm going to take the hot bet to win. So I'm sure you could relate to that.
1: Uh, can we actually just stop right there, Ali? Yeah. Are you, uh, do you think you're unique in that way? Or, or do you find that your friends are also betting in the same way? Meaning, it, I, I'm, I'm finding it more and more that you know, right now, well, of course, we're always going to have, uh, you know, people and friends that are going to want to bet their team, right? Or their side or their school. But is anyone actually handicapping the game anymore? Or is it what I am finding more and more, which is, hey, I'm doing my homework. It's Sunday night. And I know that the Packers are going to play the Lions in week 18. Uh, I have a feeling that the game might open up a short number, maybe less than a field goal. I despise the Packers. I'm just saying theoretically. (laughs) And if I go ahead and lay the one, knowing that's going to climb to four, I could grab that four and middle the game. Is that what sports betting is more and more to you and your friends? Or am I, you know, pretty much the anomaly here?
0: No, I'm right with you in that. That's exactly. And, you know, that's a great point you brought up with the Packers line spread, because that's immediately what I did, uh, you know, after the Sunday night game, after the Packers beat the Vikings and they're essentially playing, you know, not really have anything to play for this weekend. Like, you know, I doubt Aaron Rodgers is going to end up playing Aaron Jones, any of that. And the first thing that's going in my head is, you know, let me you know, capitalize early on this line before there is a public announcement before there is a guarantee that you know the starters are gonna sit. So I'm right with you on that one. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, but now that that's a good segue because now that you mention it, let's let's start with at the NFL. Um, I was one at the beginning of the season skeptical about the 17 game regular season, but for me, you know, another week of meaningful football is always a bonus. So, and, and we do have a a weekend of meaningful football. There are several games with playoff implications. You know, we have the night game on Sunday with the chargers and the Raiders, the afternoon game uh, also on Sunday with the Niners and the Rams and, you know, Niners have to win to make the playoffs. Chargers have to win. Raiders have to win. So we are getting, you know, you do have the games like unfortunately my giants and the Redskins that don't mean anything. But that would be in any, you know, even a 16-game season. So I just want to get your take. Let's start with the Chargers and Raiders because basically whichever team wins out of this is in. Um, I personally, when, before the spreads came out, I actually thought the Raiders would be favored. Um, These two teams played each other earlier in the year. Chargers obviously blew out the Raiders in Los Angeles. The game, you know, wasn't even close uh, despite the final score. Even then it was a two-touchdown game. But I thought, you know, the Raiders being in Vegas, coming off that impressive win um, when they kicked the field goal the last second this past weekend at the Colts, I thought that the three points, would they would be the ones laying, not the Chargers laying the three points. Uh, So what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, When we take a look at how the game was going to end up, I figured we could open up the game somewhere, you know, Chargers maybe two and a half uh, total close to 49 points. And that's what we did go with. Uh, Eventually it it pushed us Monday morning to uh, Chargers three. Uh, And right now we're sitting right around 49. Yeah, there's 49 and a half is the current total. So obviously, you know, the game got flexed to the late Sunday night game. Uh, You know, as as we could see, we know exactly why with all of the playoff implications that have to do with it. I think that the number is, uh, it's sound. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see much movement beyond that. Uh, Two nine and seven teams. I think that they're as equally matched as as you could find. Uh, You know, one could probably think just based on uh, current form uh, to pull something from our, our daily racing form days alley <laughs> that the Chargers probably are uh, a little bit of a tighter fit. Uh, they, they are giving up a bit more so that their total uh, in, in the games uh, is covering far more to go over than under. Uh, in the end, when you take a look at the, the two different teams, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a little bit more of a uh, offensive pop Uh, from the run game on the Chargers than on the Raiders Uh, but in the end uh, it always seems to come down to uh, who's going to turn that ball over more or less Uh, and that's been the Achilles of the Raiders pretty much all year if we're going to see uh, two turnovers that lead to uh, a score on the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers I don't think that uh, Vegas is going to stand much of a chance here Ali how about you?
0: I'm right with you on that. And, you know, we saw even this past game, Derek Carr has a tendency to make those exact interceptions and those exact turnovers. Uh, Luckily for him, it didn't prove to be costly this past weekend. But I think one X factor that you might see is they may be getting uh, their tight end, Darren Waller, back. And he's definitely a difference maker on the offense. Um, After Hunter Renfro, after their running back, Josh Jacobs, he just provides that extra... Um, you know, weapon that they need to open up the field. And for me, the Chargers, because I, you, you're probably exactly like me, that there are certain teams that you have your own personal trends for betting. With me and the Chargers, and it's been consistent all season, they'll cover one week and then they won't cover the next week. I feel like that's been my trend with the Chargers every single week, you know. And they obviously blew out the Broncos this past weekend, the Broncos, you know, they were playing with their backup quarterback as well. So I personally didn't think the Broncos were going to cover their spread against them. I think the spread was like six and a half last week and the Broncos didn't even come close. But for me, it just seems like the Chargers are a team that when they have to win, they don't when they don't have to win, they do so. There's really not too many analytics. uh, If you look at that, that's just more of a gut feeling for mine. But I uh, combined with the Darren Waller coming back as the X factor. I just personally think that, you know, the Raiders, whether they win or lose, it's going to come down to a field goal game. And I always say when there are two division rivals playing each other and the spread is three points, I'm one to take the points rather than lay them. So that's my take. I like the Raiders for the outright win and the upset, but if you're on the fence about who's going to win and whether or not Derek Carr is going to make that costly error, I still am one a proponent Take the points, take the points with the home team, take the points with the division rival, the, with a team that's evenly matched. So that's what I'm leaning toward. I'm curious if where you stand on that.
1: Uh, alley dogs, alley dogs, always dogs for me. <laughs> I mean, the three, the three-point spread's already, uh, you know, it's baked in with all of the injury, and uh, now it seems to be eighty uh, percent of games are being uh, handicapped by you know who's going to be playing and who's not, you know, because of COVID, uh, and right now with the three, uh, point spread, uh, being indicative of guys like Waller, uh, Vickers, Carl uh, Massib. Uh, Nate Hobbs is on here. Uh, Brian Edwards, Will Compton, all of these players are questionable with their status because of that, not because of, uh, you know, something else. And so I think if you like the Raiders, which you do, go ahead and uh, grab that now, because once they are declared in, uh, this game could probably swing right on back past that three down to two and a half. And then if the money just keeps coming, like it does here in Northern Nevada uh, with all of the Raider fans, uh, it'll probably come closer to pick. Uh, so uh, I'll never, ever, ever fault anyone for grabbing points uh, to me. You're already a winner before kickoff. So um, I'm with you here. Uh, Raiders plus three.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we're in agreement with that. And, you know, uh, before we move on to the next team, you bring up a point I wanted to bring up as well. It's, this has been such a crazy season and last season was as well with the with the lines and the spreads because of covid and just not knowing who's going to play, you know, up to game time almost. And you know, I'm one that I I don't ever it's very rare that I will make a bet earlier in the week cuz I like to see that final injury report, I like to see the line movement. But there's some cases that if you've jumped on the spreads earlier in the week and then, you know, You saw this past weekend with the Vikings, you know, imagine you jumped up like last week before they announced Kirk Cousins was out. I think the Packers were only a few point favorites by kickoff. Once they announced Kirk Cousins is out, you're up to double digits in the spread. You know, if you jumped on the Packers early last week, you were set before the game. Like there was no contest. So there was really a challenging factor, especially the past few weeks, just navigating with all these COVID tests and cases and game postponements and reschedules. So it really like you had, as a better, you really had to pay attention to the line movement. Um, And I'm sure it was a fun few weeks for you guys making these lines as well.
1: (laughs) Ali, you just uh, revealed one of my bookmaker secrets Uh, And that is uh, love your tweet deck or uh, their application that follows Twitter. That's that's been basically my bread and butter to find out uh, injury news as fast as possible. It always seems to be a race between uh, uh, me and and the better as to who gets that info first. Uh, Most of the time, it's the better. So I'll just go ahead and and adjust properly. But yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Yeah, it's just, and then, you know, I do also daily fantasy. I'm in a fantasy league, you know, it's, it's something you just, you got to constantly keep your eye on nowadays. It's not just relying on the final injury report that report that comes out, you know, these guys, they get cleared the day before the game with COVID, they get cleared, um, you know, a few days before the coaches like end up not, not being able to coach. So at least the past two years, it's really been um, a challenge, I'd say, at times, just keeping up with the lines. And, you know, there's just so many other factors that come into it. So it's really fascinating. But, um, yeah, let's move on to the the Niners and Rams game. Um, obviously, I live out here in L.A. and the Rams fans are in full playoff mode. Um, seems like in L.A., they're only really Rams fans when the Rams are in playoff contention. <laughs> Um, not knocking Rams fans. My giants haven't been in contention in years, so I won't, but, um, you know, this is another game where it's hard to handicap right now or make a big assessment because we don't know the status of Jimmy G and we watched Trey Lance play this past weekend. Um, I watched the entire game. My friend is a Niners fan. So that was one of the ones we had on in the several TVs that were in his house. And, um, you know, Trey Lance's line at the end may tell differently, but for me watching the game, you know, he could have easily had two or three more interceptions that if he was playing any other defense other than the Texans, you know, those tip balls are pick sixes. Um, So for me, I'm not going to make any movement on this game until I know who the starting quarterback is. That being said, I think if it's Jimmy G, I think he has enough game management in him that he will have the Niners at least in contention to cover, um, if not outright win. But you know, something, too, with my personal betting is in the past few years, the Niners have just completely owned the Rams. It doesn't matter if the Niners were good or if the Rams were good. I think the Niners have won something like their last five matchups against the Rams, um, and you know, all trends are meant to be broken, but that's another factor that's going in. So for me personally, if Jimmy G plays, I'm on the Niners. If Lance plays, I don't know if I bet the game, but I would lean uh, Rams. So what's your take on that one?
1: It's, it's really great. I, I like the, the progression in, in your handicapping here. And so I'll take a look at this game and say, well, all things being equal, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Jimmy Garoppolo will not play. So assuming that I opened up Rams five and a half, I knew if I was gonna to go to Rams six, I would just get an avalanche of 49ers wagers. And as it is right now, uh it's pretty dead even. I, I'm looking, it's it's kind of close to 50-50 actually with the number of tickets that are being bet. Uh Niners versus Rams. If they're betting the Rams, they're betting them on the money line, because I guess they want no part of you know, I guess, you know, four to four and a half, five, five and a half, it's kind of all the same mushy number. Uh, So uh, most of my money was coming in early on the Niners, five and a half. And so here we are now Rams at four Uh, total really uh, never moved. We were at 44 and a half. That hasn't really changed much uh, at all from the first, uh, from the first post. So uh, looking at, uh, you know, the injury report, obviously uh, Garoppolo is the first, that we have to discuss. And so Ali, you kind of hearken to it for a bit, but what if what if Garoppolo versus his replacement isn't as much as we actually think it is?
0: Interesting. Yeah, I could see that.
1: So if if that's the case, and you think that the Niners have a chance to win outright. Uh, then, you know, to me, I think the money line play is the, is the right side. I mean, of course it's, it's nice to play a little bit of both, you know, to capture, you know, a full, not only, you know, field goal, but even more than a field goal uh, for our Rams win. So you you can see where I'm leaning again, it's the underdog, right. Uh, Especially in, I'm like you, I'm a
0: points taker.
1: That's all. That's all. Right. And so what I'm looking at right now is going is uh, Deontay Johnson uh, Kwan Williams, uh, Jimmy Ward, are they going to be uh, suiting up right now? Uh, you know, they're in protocol, um, and th- it doesn't seem like it's going to be the case at kickoff. Uh, and again, that's why the number is baked into that. Um, even though they're in protocol right now, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that on game day that they'll be uh, on it. And so I have a feeling that they're going to suit up play, uh, and in, in a game that, it matters more to them uh, because if they don't, uh, you know, if they don't win, they are simply the season's done, you know, Rams, uh, another story. So I'm going to go and, and look at the Niners uh, definitely as, as one of the better bets of the week. Uh, we'll circle to that as well later.
0: Yeah. And, and to go off your point, you know, if, which I'm probably leaning on betting the Niners, if I'm going to take the Niners, I will take the money line. I will, I will take the money line. Um, the only time I wouldn't probably take the money line and just lean on the spread instead is usually if I do parlays just because there's so much already at risk. It's like, let me just take the points and not like, think about it. But yeah, if I'm betting a team on a single bet, I'm taking the Niners money line this week. That's my upset pick of the week. Um, you know, right behind the Raiders. I think that the Niners are a little bit more of an upset over the Rams and the Raiders are of the chargers because Again, the Niners, we don't know all of their status, but um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm right. But I think the Niners are the pick this week. Uh, the Rams, you know, they, they're really just playing for seeding right now. And we haven't seen the best from Matt Stafford the past few weeks. He he doesn't look 100%. He still looks a little injury prone. And, you know, if, that's, if that Niner secondary is playing, you could see Jimmy Ward have another pick six like he did the last time these two teams played. So, I'm with you. Um, then let's move on to the next uh, game. I just wanted to briefly talk about, because this is interesting. And I wanted to get your perspective. Um, the sa- the first Saturday game, we have the Broncos and the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs, you know, they they technically, they are playing for a number one seed. But they only have the, they can really only get it if somehow the Titans lose to the Texans, which I personally don't see happening this week. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe someone can convince me otherwise, but I don't. Um, so, you know, how are you making a line not knowing if Andy Reed's going to play Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, the entire game, or if he's going to take them out at halftime and, you know, what goes through your head making a line for that one?
1: So the first thing I, I wanted to do was to ensure that no matter what, if, if I look at even a, a second string Kansas city team, what's Denver actually playing for?
0: Very chill. You know, it,
1: Teddy, Teddy, Bridgewater really shouldn't play anymore this year. Uh, you know, he's, he's at this point, he's downgraded to doubtful uh, because he's still concussed. Uh, you know, so I, I felt that the right thing to do is just to say, I think Kansas city is going to be a double digit favorite just on the blind, just knowing what I knew. And I knew that they, that they just lost to the Bengals. And I said, I still think that they're going to be a 10-point favorite. So I opened at 10. The total was 44. It crept up just a little bit. But I still think that they're going to be a, so uh, uh, a, a, uh, a double-digit winner, even uh, with, with, with a shortened bench. So I guess I was right because there was no line movement. I'm still at that 10. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm getting uh, more tickets laying the 10 than taking it. So uh, now I'm beginning to wonder if it was too short, uh, you know, as it is, like we take a look at the number. Um, you know, of course, we're, we're looking at whether or not Kansas City is going to you know, play their starters. Uh, to me, it's, I, I think it's a yes. I, I think that there's probably going to be uh, it, once they, you know, pretty much lap Denver. They'll probably bench him for the fourth quarter. I don't see that happening. But again, uh, it looks like Kansas City, from an injury perspective, you know they, they have their uh, their normal run of the mill, which uh, I, I don't want to uh, normalize an injury because uh, you, you know you try walking around with a torn pec or a ripped Achilles, and then trying and you know play a game that's being you know you know played at a hundred miles an hour in front of us, uh, you know. But Denver has been racked with injuries you know up and down on offense defense and and special teams and i don't think that they're going to field uh heck even their backups against uh kansas city we'll probably see uh you know backups plus you know playing for denver so i i think that the number is good uh and, and i think this is kansas city's game to call whatever score they want actually ali
0: yeah i'm right with you on that like when the spreads came out um well, when the lines came out and I looked at the spreads, I was kind of like kind of what you were thinking when you said, you know, with the amount of people laying the points with Kansas City, like that was my first take. I was like, oh, whether they play or not, like we just saw Denver totally get dismantled by the Chargers. And I'm with you. Do you Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. Drew Locke, I don't. I don't even know how he's still even just the backup quarterback. He's been around for a few years with Denver and has not shown any improvement. In fact, I think he's regressed the past year or two. Um, So I'm right with you. I'm just slaying the points. You know, know, this is a Denver team that you're right. They don't have anything to play for. Um, They have a coach, which we're going to talk about later on, that might be fired after the game. And from my perspective in recent years, you know, when you do have a lame duck coach, the players tend not to show up um, just knowing, you know, he's no longer going to be with the organization the following year. So I'm with you. I wish Saturday we had a few more compelling games um, because I think this one's going to get ugly early. Um, And that's a good segue to move to the Saturday night game with the Cowboys and and Eagles, which on paper you would think would be an explosive matchup. Um, Eagles, despite their early season struggles, are right back in the playoffs. I personally did not see that happening. And as a Giants fan, I couldn't hate two teams more that are playing each other. (laughs) But, um, you know, I'm still I'm still going to watch the game. I'm still going to tune in. But Philly, they have their spot secured. Um, Dallas really, you know, they can fluctuate between a two seed and a four seed, but in a sense, you know, does that really make a difference now? They're not paying playing for a buy. So with the line, I've seen like big movement, you know, I think it's opened at three and a half. I think it's around like seven now. Um, you know, what, what do you see it? Do you see the, either's team starters playing? Like, is this just the game that we're going to watch the backups the whole time? Um and, you know, depending how the seeding works out, we could be watching the same two teams play each other in the wild card game next week.
1: So- it, it, that's exactly right, Ali. Yeah, you nailed it right on the head. This is this could be a dress rehearsal for uh, for the next playoff round. Uh, and to tell you the truth, when I opened it, you know, Dallas, I actually opened the Cowboys three. Uh, and, and here we are all the way up to seven. Um, guess why? <laughs> uh, pandemic news. Uh, yep. And it's an awful lot of it. Uh, You know, so if we look at, you know, one player after another and and, and what they can do, well, it's we actually don't even have enough time to discuss how many players are questionable. Uh, You know, just forget about in the game, just on the Eagles. uh, It's just it just keeps going on and on and on. So I I would think that they will suit up uh, much like we discussed in the. You know, the Rams and Niners game, but I I don't think that there's really much more to discuss when you look at, uh, you know, Dallas's record against the spread. I mean, they're seven and one uh, at home against the spread. I know they lost their last game, of course, and uh, straight up Philly has been on fire. They've won their last four. That's how they got here today. And that's how they're in the mix. They've controlled the ball very well, barely turn it over. Uh, but I just think that Dallas's offensive line, number one in my eyes in, in the NFL, and that that hasn't changed from week one to you know week 18. I think that they'll just simply be able to control that line of scrimmage for far, far too long, and in the end, they're going to get their win. And I feel that if they're going to get their win, they're probably going to get the cover as well, regardless of you know whether or not they're going to have. Uh, you know their, their full lineup. I am. We also, we already know. You know Michael Gallup's out. You know you know he has his ACL torn, but there's going to be plenty out there. Um, you know for firepower, and it's going to probably come early and often. So in in my eyes, it's probably you know Cowboys to cover. Uh, you know, and then it's going to be uh, well. Uh, I guess, uh, the, the pick your poison here, (laughs) Ali, eliminate one, but not the other in the playoff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that tend to be that, you know, I would personally just lean in, you know, I'm one that I love taking points. This is a game that I would lay the points with Dallas, you know, being at home. I think Dallas does have a little more, um, that they want to play for, you know, prior to the other game, um, where they completely blew out the saints on that, uh, Monday night game or not the Saints. Um, well, they had a blow. I just can't think off the top of my head, but you know, Oh, the Redskins, that's the game I'm thinking of when they blew him out on right, this right. Monday night last week, not this past week and the weekend before, but there has been question around Dak and, you know, is he healthy? You know, he's been in a little bit of a slump so I can see them, you know, just wanting to stay in sync. And Mike McCarthy is a coach, whether I agree with his coaching style or not that will play hard and have his team playing hard. So I'm with you. If you're going to, if any of our listeners out there are going to bet the game, you know, it doesn't hurt to side with Dallas to lay the points. That's where I would go. Otherwise this is just a game that I would just write off and just not touch. You know, I'm not one that bets every game. I bet only games that I really have a good feeling about this one. Like you said, is complete toss up. Uh, We could see a million, we could see a garbage time touchdown, we could just see, you know, Dallas just pull all their starters in the second half. So a game like this, I'm like, you know, let betters have fun with. I'm sitting back on that one.
1: Can't agree with you, Mark.
0: Yeah. So um, one more to cover. Um, this has been an interesting one. Cause so if the Niners lose somehow the new Orleans saints, despite everything they've gone through this year has a chance to make the playoffs. Um and you would think on paper, given the Falcon season, that this game should be an easy win for the Saints. But looking at the spread, it's, it's, a, it's you know, Vegas is thinking it's going to be a lot closer probably than people think. And when I first looked at the line, I was like, I like the underdog again. I like the Falcons. The Falcons don't really have a lot to play for, except pride. This is still a division game. They still have veteran Matt Ryan um, at quarterback. And we never know what kind of team we're going to get from the Saints, whether Tyson Hill is going to show up, whether Alvin Kamara is going to have a good game or not. Um, so I, you know, I think that this could be a game where the Saints have to win, but they just end up choking. What's your take?
1: I, I have a feeling that it's, it's the same exact uh, method that we're looking at. I, I don't know that one player could really make a difference here or there, like as it is right now, knowing just the basics, I probably lean towards you know grabbing points again with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it's you know obviously means an awful lot more to New Orleans uh, than to Atlanta, uh, but you know the Falcons are home, uh, so it, that's that's already a, a major advantage to me. I kind of have both of them uh, you know equal in in terms of my my personal power ranking, uh, and I think we're going to have to take a wait and see if. Uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, tight end for the Falcons, if he's going to be uh, a go. Um, he injured his hamstring, so he's questionable for the game. Uh, and I think that if he's out, then we're going to see, again, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more than I should on, on one offense, on one offensive player, but he, he really does change the entire profile of the Atlanta Falcons uh, as he has, you know, week in and week out. If he doesn't play, I think that the Saints, you know, can go ahead and, uh, you know, probably keep them to under 10 points. Uh, but if he does, uh, it's going to be far closer. In any case, uh, this is another wait-and-see game for me, uh, irregardless of how important it is uh, to the New Orleans Saints. One would think just on the surface, uh, it's a game that you'd want to go ahead and grab. Uh, but in, in reality, uh, if you're going to grab anything, grab under the total, uh, which has been kind nice. of sitting right around 40 points. Boy, that's low. Uh, but you know, here we are. It's it's attrition. It's it's where we're at in week 18. Uh, players that are uh, you know been declared out long ago. Players that are you know going to be declared out on game day. Uh, you know, both of these teams we have right now, the Saints are on a massive streak. Six games in a row, uh, all games have gone under the total. Uh, Atlanta has gone under the total three in a row, uh, and I mean, boy. Land is only averaging like 14 points a game at home in the last Great. five. So uh, under for me, if, if, if I had to make a play here.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I mean, I feel like for years, the saints were almost like a, especially in the drew Brees years, the saints were an over machine. Like you, you no matter what the over was, I was taking that when, whenever the saints were playing, especially against the Falcons when, you know, when Matt Ryan had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at his disposal, and this year, it's just like you said, it's been an under machine for both teams. So I'm right with you um, with the under on that one. So those are really the games, you know, worth focusing on this weekend. Um, playoff contention wise. The other ones, you know, I have my own picks for just my pick em leagues and everything because I got to make a pick. But otherwise, I always said the two hardest weeks to bet or is always week one and the final week of the regular season. Um, because you do have, you know, week one, you never know what you're going to get out of these teams and week, normally week 17, now week 18, right. you just don't know what teams are going to show up, which ones are already, you know, waiting to go back home and call it an off season. So, um, it'll be interesting, uh, to see what, how the games with the playoff implications play out. Um, I'm definitely excited to watch the Rams and the Niners along with the Chargers and the Raiders. Those are the two best games um, for the weekend. So we'll see how they play out. And, you know, next week, we'll, (laughs) we'll see if people are cashing tickets or ripping them up.
1: (laughs) Ali. So, so to go ahead and recap for our, our, our favorite guests, it looks like uh, a mix of everything. You've got the Raiders, the Niners, uh, the Cowboys, if you have to, And then under in the Saints,
0: yeah. That I mean, that's that's how I would look at it um, easily. And then same thing with the Chiefs. You know, lay the points or just stay away. It's you know, it's for me. I'm also just betting a game if I'm if I'm watching it too. I hate just having to refresh my phone and this and that. So it's at least both these games are on prime time that we want to watch. So I don't have to worry about like scrambling to find out where I could stream them. So I'm excited. Um, And then uh, let's move on to, as everyone knows, uh, Monday won't be the prettiest for some coaches in the NFL. We already saw the Raiders let go of John Gruden um, and the Jaguars let go of Urban Meyer earlier in the year. Um, But what's your take on like, which coaches we may no longer see having a job come Monday and do you guys like make odds for them at your sports book? Do you see a lot of movement or a lot of pl- bets placed? Uh, let me get your take on that.
1: <laughs> Allie, if I could, you know what? I actually never thought about that, but if I could offer first coach to be fired on, uh, on black Monday, I that would be quite fun. I don't know if uh, the gaming control board would, uh, would appreciate right. it, but it sure would be fun. Um, I, thought,
0: I already saw a line, which team will Antonio Brown play for next season. So I guess you can make a bet out of anything.
1: <laughs> not, not to go off on too tiny a tangent, but uh, you know, one day we're going to be able to offer like bets on what's the forecast outside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Super Bowl betting, you know, how you can make a prop bet out of anything there. So
1: <laughs> uh, Can we just go ahead and just make a forecast, right? Can we just go ahead and just crush the Giants right now?
0: Yeah, Please, exactly.
1: <laughs> can, can we just do this? Can we just get rid of Joe Judge?
0: Yeah, and you know what? I, like, let's start with that one, because obviously Giants fan, my bias, it will play out. I mean, get first of all, Gediman's gone. Like, it, he was gone mid-season. I don't know why we didn't fire him last year, but he's gone. He's – I just – I wasn't a a fan of the hire when we hired him a few years ago. He's been miserable in the draft. Um, I'm ready for a new change, the GM. Now with Judge, when we first hired Judge, he had a very impressive press conference. Um, You know, he's a Belichick disciple. He coached under Saban. So I I had a lot of faith in this hire, even though I knew absolutely nothing about him. Um, He impressed me his first year. This year, I don't even know what happened to the team. Like, you know, injuries aside, I just I was completely baffled and perplexed every game. And then any hope we had once we fired Jason Garrett from our offensive coordinator, our team just progressively got worse and worse and worse. That I'm at the point where let's just totally remake this whole team. Um, You know, I know this is going to be like our third head coach in five that we're going to fire in five years. And after all the stability under the Tom Coughlin years, it's just I feel like we're becoming the Cleveland Browns with the coaching carousel. But I think Judge has to go. Um, I think we do need to get more of an offensive-minded coach, whether that be uh, like a Byron Leftwich from the Jaguars or a Bill DeBell from um, the Bills. Just someone that if we're going to stick with Daniel Jones as our quarterback, we need someone with an offensive mind. That's will bring like a new, a new way of coaching these, these quarterbacks. I wasn't a fan of the Jason Garrett hire for offensive coordinator. I was like, he's an old school guy. Like, no, this is a new era. Like, what are we doing? Like we hire a new guy in Joe judge and then we're going to use goods and Jason Garrett. So I'm one that I want to see the giants get a, a more of an offensively minded coach. Our defense is fine. I'm not too worried about our defense. You know, we might lose our defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, to a head coaching position. But I'm um, one that we need to hire, you know, like I said, a Byron Lefwich, uh, a DeBall from the uh, Bills, or even Eric Benamy from the Chiefs. I think we need to, like, really get someone that knows how to develop a young quarterback. And then our offensive line, too, is just trash. Like, I don't say that about a lot of things, but we just had our offensive line. There's no... Everyone needs to get like redone on that line, save for Andrew Thomas. But I do think judge is going to go. I think Mac Nagy is gone from the bears. I think that the Vikings will finally part ways with with Mike Zimmer. Um, And then, like I said earlier, I think the Broncos are going to let Vic Fangio go. So I think those are the four positions you're going to see having openings along with the Jaguars and the Raiders come Monday. Um, That's my take. What about you?
1: Yeah, you actually nailed them in exact order. Uh, I'm, I'm like hanging my head just listening to you talking about the Giants. They they are, yes, yes, I, I do actually root for some teams. Uh, I, I was uh, born a New York Giants fan. So, I, you know, again, seeing what happened to this team, Gettleman basically assembled a defensive line that's just a bunch of meh. You know, you mentioned Andrew Thomas. He's like the only guy that like is – really really performing well otherwise it's just swiss cheese i'm just like so tired of it i really am and look i know they're injured all over the place but you you got to start better and build a team that's better than this it's okay i got it i got it josh mcdaniels let's do this okay that's my replacement let's bring in josh to tell mara give him five percent of the team Whatever he wants, just get him here and just here's a 10 year deal. I just take your time and just rebuild this team because it, it, it's possible. It's just not possible with the way that it was currently built. I, I don't know how we got to this point, um, you know, from, from just, well, it wasn't too long ago that, you know, the, the team was really, really good. Now, uh, which it's just, I, I just don't think that there's much to do uh, unless you build from the line out. Uh, and we can't, I, I, I want to crush Daniel Jones, but I'm, I, I can't because yeah. I, I don't think anyone could succeed with the offensive line that he has.
0: No, and, you oh. know, there's been whispers about getting Russell Wilson. And I'm like, he's not going to come play for the worst offensive line no. in football.
1: No, no, no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, look, and then we can look at the draft, you know, sometime later on, you know, I, I always, I, I thought, you know, Pickett might be the right choice out of pit. But I'm, I'm, I'm putting the cart in front of the horse. I, I think, honestly, it just needs to be completely gutted and started from the beginning. I do want to come back, and you, you, you agree, on uh, Matt Nagy, uh, Vic Fangio, uh, Mike Zimmer, all three of them, I think, are definitely uh, on, on that clock. Um, it's just, look, sometimes it's not their fault, right? You know, the Broncos just simply had an unmemorable year. It's tough to win without a quarterback and, and no real system you know, a, a middle of the pack offensive line defensive is, is middle of the pack for the Broncos. But I honestly think that, uh, if we're looking at one guy that's absolutely gone for me, it's gotta be Matt Nagy. Yeah, um, totally you know, fields agree. can't get his help. Uh, the best offensive lineman on the team is, is a guy that they signed in August and Jason Peters and he's 39 years old. You know, the defensive kept him in games all year, but I, I, I think that, you know, his, his time is done. Um, and and for me, I, I, I think someone's got to open up the book and just say, hey, Josh McDaniels, this is your team now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think that McDaniels had a humbling period after, you know, his first stint at head coach. Not saying that coaching Jay Cutler was any easy <laughs> job, um, but. I think going back to the Patriots and grooming more under Belichick and learning more and being humbled. I think, like you said, I think he would be my number one choice for the giants right now. And a few years ago, I wouldn't have said that before, even before we hired Pat Schumer, then Joe judge, but you know, just seeing what McDaniel, you know, Belichick's going to get all the credit with Mac Jones and the offense this year, but you can't discount what Josh McDaniels had did, has done with that, with that offense. And I don't think anyone would have predicted that the Patriots were going to be as good as they were this year to the point that they're, you know, competing for still the AFC East title. I don't think they're going to get it because the bills are going to win this weekend, but yeah, I am with you. I think Josh McDaniels, you know, you give him that big contract and you say, you know, you do what you need to do. Tell us who to draft and we're going to follow that.
1: That's exactly correct. Uh, And and that's exactly how I think it should end up playing out. He'll, he'll end up somewhere uh, and he'll get the accolades that he definitely deserves now.
0: Totally. And uh, so, wow. We're almost up to an hour. (laughs) Time flies when you're talking sports, but um, yeah, before we go, let's, um, let's take a look at the game. That's probably getting um, not as much publicity yet. I'm sure that's all we'll be talking about on Monday, but the college football championship and Georgia and Alabama, um, just to recap, I'm not a big fan of this, you know, since its inception, this playoff, you know, where we have the top four teams do a playoff thing. I think it's just, I, I'm just not a fan. Let's let's put it that way. I don't think that we ever picked the right four teams as evidenced by the two blowouts uh, with Alabama and Cincinnati and then Georgia and Michigan I could have told you both games were going to be blowouts. Not that I bet either of them, but that would have been my pick. And I was right. Um, But I do think that Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams in the, in the college football rankings right now. And I'm glad that they are playing each other again. We saw Alabama beat them early at beat the Bulldogs earlier in the season. So um, let me get your take before, you know, I, I give you mine. You know, when, and Allie,
1: you know, at some point, in in the not too distant future, we're going to probably see a complete redo of college football. Uh, you and I both coming from the uh, the East Coast, uh, you know, more in the uh, the tri-state area. Maybe we don't follow uh, college football as much as we did uh, as as everyone else does in the rest of the country. But uh, it's inevitable that we're going to see a a pretty decent change in how college football uh, decides their champion. That being said, I mean, look, right around halftime of the Michigan game, uh, I said, all right, let's, let's put up a line. Let's just, let's just do something now. I want to be one of the first to markets here. Um, You know, one of my colleagues opened up Georgia one and then moved to one and a half. I saw another, one of my colleagues go to two and a half, Georgia, I said, all right, you know, this is only one way this game's going to go. Let's just open at Georgia three. We did. And, you know, no shock. I actually got more early money on Georgia than Alabama. Um, uh, sorry for the you know one book that I actually saw open up Alabama one and a half, but that got corrected in a real hurry.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. So look,
1: you know, mo- the most points Georgia's given up all year 17, you know, outside of the Alabama anomaly. Uh, I-, I think that despite uh, Alabama struggling to move that ball uh, in-, in the air against Cincinnati, uh, you know, th- it's, it's going to be far worse versus Georgia's front seven. Well, I, I think I made a good line because it hasn't moved, right. uh, you know, but I, I have a feeling that we're going to see a game that's going to be covered either one way or another. Uh, so I'm expecting a very, very tight, tight game uh, that may have to come down to the last drive uh, without burying the lead alley. How do you see this one going?
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right with you. Um, I'm leaning toward uh, Georgia just because You know, I watched these two teams play each other the first time around. And I did think that that was an anomaly allowing Alabama to get all the points they did. I think Georgia, you know, I think Alabama came in that game with every bit of the maximum motivation they had to beat Georgia. That being said, I always like, you know, when two teams that are this equal play each other, I like whichever team lost the first time to come back with a vengeance and that's, you know, there's no stats. There's no strategy behind It's just strategy for me behind that. So I personally, I personally am leaning Georgia. Um, that being said, I could totally see Alabama winning, but I'm like you, I think it's going to be very close. I think we could even get an overtime game, which I would love to see. You know, we saw these two teams play overtime games before in, in big games like this, that, that came down to the wire. And, um, you know, I think especially after this has been a weird bowl, bowl season, I can't say, besides the Alabama Cincinnati game and the Michigan um, Georgia game, that I really watched any bowl games just because I felt like they were getting canceled left to right. And even the ones that would play, it was just, you know, you'd get a six and six team against, uh, you know, a team that was 10 and four or something like that. So it was just, for me, it wasn't the best bowl season. So, I'm being biased that I think it's going to be a very close tight game that's going to go back and forth and come down to whoever has the last possession. Um, I don't think you're wrong to go either way, uh, whether you take uh Alabama or Georgia. So for me, it's it's a complete coin toss.
1: Sounds like you like the dog. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong there again.
0: No, nope, no. Nope. I, I always say when in doubt, take the points. Just just can't go wrong with that. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward. I think this is going to be a really good weekend of football. Uh, we got football Saturday, Sunday and Monday, and then we got NFL playoffs the following week. So I'm super excited, um, about that and to watch everything. So, uh, yeah, just to wrap it up. Um, well, thanks everyone for joining for our first ever episode. I hope, uh, Robert and I gave you some good insight and advice um, if you're going back and forth on any picks this week. And uh, we will definitely be back um, every week, not just football. You know, we're, we're getting into the nitty gritty of the college basketball season. That's my favorite time of year where, you know, people are all these teams are playing within the conferences. I'm a big college basketball better. Um, we'll talk some NBA coming up the next few weeks, although I'm not a big Better on the NBA, especially in the regular season. Uh, but I do know people that like to bet the primetime games. So we'll definitely be discussing that. And um, yeah, Robert, any last advice, tips, last words for bettors uh, looking to play some bets this weekend?
1: You know, you, you always you come back to the very beginning. and I, I loved how we started this is the same way we're going to end it. You know, I, I'll, I'll share this today. Always, always, always make your own number before you view that consensus line, it's going to make you sharper. And uh, to me, it's a core strength of bookmaking. You know, even if you pick a conference, only one, you know, you, you know whatever your favorite is in, in NCAA football. Uh, and then just know it better than anyone you know. Uh, once you could learn to make your own number and you find uh, your own anomalies, it's just going to make you that much more sharper.
0: Yeah, th- that's perfect. And, you know, we all, like I said earlier too, we all have our own strategies, Howie Bet. I, you know, gave you some insight with, I look at a team like the Chargers. Um, I will say too, I never bet my own team ever, ever. doesn't matter what game they in, which especially for the giants, <laughs> the two super bowls we won against the Patriots. I always look at that and be like, if I had just bet that money line, but I I'm too invested. <laughs> so my thing is I'm not going to lose money and I'll never bet against my team. I'll never bet on my team. Uh, that's too much investment. So that's another good way to look at it so um thank you again and uh everyone good luck with your bets this weekend and we will see you next week